Welcome to Vinyl Connection. This is Andy Munch bringing you episode number three in what was meant to be the Beginner's Guide trilogy to getting into the world of vinyl. This should be the third and last part in that, that trilogy. Um, if I get close to going over an hour, though, I may split this into two episodes, as I like to keep these episodes an hour or less. So after this beginner's guide is over, I'll throw out some random category Vinyl Connection podcasts and maybe even have um, some other people participate. But for now, part three and the trilogy is going to deal with cleaning your vinyl and some of the accessories that you can get to enhance your listening of your vinyl records. Um, so the first episode we covered some turntables to possibly consider if you're in a budget. Our second episode went over finding places to buy your vinyl, whether it be the vintage used vinyl or your brand new vinyl that is becoming popular nowadays. So you've, you have your player and you've got a collection started of vinyl. That is great. You're going to love it. But a very important thing that you have to uh, remember and will want to do, especially if you're buying a lot of used vinyl, is cleaning that vinyl when you get home. Um, some of these records, they're 30, 40 years old. You don't know how much dirt, grime, even mold has gotten into the grooves of the vinyl. It'll affect your sound quality. It can ruin your needle. So a lot of advantages to getting those puppies cleaned up when you get home. And there's a lot of different methods. I will go over my setup and what I do to clean. And you can kind of, again, make some choices because there are several options out there. I mean, you can certainly buy an ultrasonic cleaner or a really expensive vacuum system, and that will set you back four or $500 or more. Um, to me, I think that's a bit extreme unless you're actually a dealer and you're you're buying loads and loads of vinyl and you're going to resell them but again if you you have the coin and you want to buy one of those machines then there you go but again this podcast is aimed at the budget conscience person like myself um, again this is for beginners by a beginner vinyl connection i have a facebook page it's called vinyl connection and I have a Facebook group, and it is also called Vinyl Connection. And most of the activity you will find is on the group. So um, if you're listening to this podcast and you're on Facebook, um, go ahead and search out Vinyl Connection and send a friend request. And we'll put you in the group and love to have people particip participate in that. It's a group where we share with each other what we're spinning uh, i like to share deals if i run into a deal on a vinyl i'll send a link or uh, uh, send a 
a deal on a player or anything like that. It's a great forum. I love to hear people put their tips and tricks out there. So um, it's, it's a little bit of everything for the vinyl enthusiast. So again, you've bought some records. You've brought them home. You're excited to play them. I know you want to just take one out of the jacket and throw it right on your player and spin it away. I would recommend that you stop stop the presses, pump the brakes, and let's get these things cleaned up first. You'll be glad that you did. Um, so, so what you're going to need, uh, again, there's a lot of ways to do this. You can get a, you can go a lot more basic than this. Uh, you can just you could do some sort of cleaner and uh, microfiber cloth. So you just want to make sure. Uh, if you're going to do anything where you're drying the records or, or rubbing the records that you're getting a nice soft microfiber cloth or something that's not going to scratch or be abrasive to your record. So my setup, this is what I use. I use a Studebaker clean system. I honestly meant to look it up on Amazon and my unfortunately my phone is in another room charging or I could have done that really quickly for you. Um, but it's called the Studebaker Clean System. It is basically a ripoff of the Spin Clean System, which the Spin Clean System is a very popular system for cleaning records. To me, I've never used a Spin Clean. But I have the Studebaker because I'm telling you it's at least half the cost. And I think when I got it, it was closer to a third of the cost. I wanna say I wanna say the spin cleans around 75 bucks and the Studebaker's anywhere from 25 to 30-ish, depending. I, I haven't looked it up recently to see what it's uh, selling at, but I think if you can save the money, I think the Studebaker is going to do this basically the same job. Now, if you have a spin clean and, and you swear by it and there's a reason somebody should spend the extra money, join the Vinyl Connection group on Facebook and let us know. Um, but from my experience, again, I've never used a spin clean, but I am absolutely thrilled with the Studebaker. The and basically what these things are, it's basically a tub, a reservoir where you put your, your, your distill, always use um, distilled water. Do not use tap water. Uh, any of the minerals that are, are in your home tap water could have an adverse effect on your vinyl. So you always want to go to the store, buy yourself a couple gallons of distilled water. It's very inexpensive. You're going to pay a dollar a gallon. And you'll fill your... So I fill the Studebaker up. There's little rollers on each side. Um, you fill it to the bottom of the rollers. And then in the middle of the spin clean, there's two slots where you slide in these... Um, Basically, they're brushes. They're kind of like a foam brush. And the idea is the record goes down on the rollers and the record will slide in between the two brushes. And it's a fairly tight fit because you want, and you're going to, so that's where the spin clean gets its name. Then you spin the record through and it'll, and you, excuse me, you'll need a cleaning solution. So, I use 
a solution called Turgi Clean, uh, T E R G I K L E A N. Uh, you can get that on Amazon. It's fairly expensive, I guess. It's like thirty dollars a tube, but it makes up uh, it makes up about twenty gallons of cleaner because it's a concentrate. So I use that. That is the cleaner that the Library of Congress and the Canadian Registry use to clean vinyl. I figure if it's good enough for them, it's good enough for me. So that I use that solution and it's a it's a concentrate mixed in with the distilled water. Now the other method um, is to fill your your cleaner, whether it's the Spin Clean or the Studebaker, or to be honest, I think there's two or three other brands that it is the basically the exact same cleaning system with the rollers and the, the brushes. So the idea or the directions is for the Studebakers, you fill your reservoir up with the water and then you put your cleaning solution directly on the brushes. And I've done that before and I will say I do like the Spin Clean cleaning solution you can buy. And again, there are a million different um, cleaning solutions out there. There are a million different recipes if you want to search and make your own. The one thing I kind of want to stay away from is anything with the isopropyl alcohol in it. Um, you can go online and read pros and cons. People will say that that can kind of break down the vinyl. So I stay away with, from it. Now others will say in, in very low quantity that's going to be concentrated into water. It's not a worry. And maybe it's not. I mean, maybe you'd have to wash your records a thousand times before the alcohol starts breaking down the vinyl. But there's so many choices out there. I stay away from anything that's alcohol-based. But again, um, that's, that's certainly your decision. Um, it's just something you may want to read up on um, before you make a call on what solution you're going to buy. So at any rate, once you've determined your solution and how you're gonna, what you're gonna do with that, you you run your record. It's a manual thing. You you spin the the record, and and I go both directions, and I'll kind of um, just go around several times. I mean, the more you go around, and the more you switch directions, the more time you put into it, um, the more stuff you're probably gonna get out of your grooves. Now, the really neat thing about this cleaner is, as you're spinning, you can watch the water sort of wash down the grooves for the most part your label you're probably wondering will will the uh labels get wet typically the labels um and i even wrote a note not to rub my hands together that's that noise you hear it's just a habit i have i apologize um the water sort of whisks down the grooves which to me is a great thing to see because i feel like that water is probably flushing stuff out of the grooves um the spin clean cleaner has what's called a flocculent in it and that really helps whisk the the water off the record and it really keeps the water away from the label uh, the turkey clean does not have the flocculent uh, the natural motion of everything the water pretty much runs down the grooves but i've gotten a little bit of water on the the labels and they can take it you just dab them dry with a microfiber cloth um, 
you can get anywhere, but I, I just go to Walmart in the automobile automotive section and you have a ton of options for your microfiber cloths that you can get. Um, then the next step I do, and then maybe it's because I'm using the Turgid Clean, but I like to then do a rinse. And all I have is a little plastic tub, a small tub. I don't have the dimensions handy. At Wal I got again, I got it at Walmart for about five dollars. And it actually on the bottom of this rectangular tub, there's actually a groove pattern. And if you put your record down on it, it basically sticks in the groove. So then I just spin it. It's like having a second spin cleaner because I actually had toyed with the idea of getting a second spin cleaner for a rinse. But for $5, this, this little plastic tub at Walmart does the trick. Again, I fill it up with distilled water and we rinse the records. And... After that, it's another El Cheapo trick. I move the records over to a dish rack and I just have it underneath a microfiber cloth and I let the records air dry. And that's how I clean my records. I do have a fourth step and I think it's, a, it's well worth it, especially if you already have a little mini uh, wet dry vac, shop vac. I have a device called the Vinyl Vac it's an attachment that goes onto your little mini shop vac, wet, dry um, vacuum. It's $30, I believe, off of Amazon. You get a, it's like a wand. It's a PVC piece of plastic that somebody just developed. Um, it has a little slot towards the end of it with two pieces of felt along the sides to keep your records from getting damage and then you turn the thing on and that suction and it has a little hole at the end that goes over a spindle I recommend not using your record player if you're gonna get a vinyl vac I made a I bought a again I bought a lazy Susan off of Walmart I have a little cork uh, turntable mat that I put down and I just made a spindle out of a wooden dowel that was the right size and so it was just a very bare bones homemade I'm not uh, I'm not Tim the Toolman Taylor uh, I'm not that handy so it's just a real hodgepodge homemade thing but it does the trick it gives you the spinning and you can it's like having a spindle you put your record over it this vinyl vac hole goes over the spindle and it fits the record perfectly and i'm telling you for thirty dollars i'm very pleased with it i don't always use it unless i really want i think the record has got a lot of maybe i do the the clean and i let it air dry and then i play it and i still have a lot of surface noise um because when you have a lot of pops and and, and surface noise that's associated with the vinyl a lot of times folks that is stuff in the grooves so you can actually improve the quality of your playback by cleaning your records i actually told a story on episode one about a copy of highway to hell by acdc that i i had purchased that had a lot of surface noise and the cleaning really did a lot of wonders. And same thing with, uh, I got a used copy of Led Zeppelin 3 
same thing, a lot of surface noise, gave it a few cleanings, I hit it with the vinyl vac, and is did it, does it sound like a brand new record? No, but I'll tell you the improvement is incredible. And anybody that does a lot of cleaning of records will tell you uh, the improvements that you can get, especially if you just, um, maybe you have a little velvet brush which i would recommend that everybody has a brush that is just your dry brush that you give your record a real quick once over before you play it because there's dust in the air and it just it, it clings to those records so maybe you get a record and you want to play it and you just give it your little dry velvet brush and get some stuff off it and you're happy but you have a lot of snaps and pops and surface noise out Time to give it the deep cleaning. And um, yeah, I definitely, every single used record I get, I do the deep clean and I'll do the vinyl vac. Um, my new records, I'll be honest, a lot of times I will just do either the velvet brush or I may even just throw them dry on the vinyl vac. The vinyl vac is wet or dry. It's actually, I've been using it more dry lately because I, I air dry the records, but it's pretty incredible when you use the vinyl vac and the, the record's kind of wet and it just really, I mean, it comes out dry as a bone. So you really feel like that vinyl vac has got to be pulling a lot of stuff out of those grooves. But, um, that is my setup. I do, I go from the Studebaker cleaning system. It's a spin clean style system. I do the rinse. Again, you're going to use the distilled water only. I dry and then the vinyl vac is optional. I don't always do it. And those are, that's my, but that's my assembly line. And then I have an assortment of, um, the microfiber cloths that I use if I do want to dry by hand. But I, I've, I'm kind of finding that I like doing the air dry rather than, because um, if there's anything on your microfiber cloth, you could just be putting it right back on the record. So I prefer the air dry, but again, you can dry them off with your, I used to just do the, the spin clean with the Studebaker with the spin clean solution and I honestly then I would just hand dry them and I didn't do a rinse or anything so I prefer the rinse because I think you're getting your cleaning solution also out of the record and and I think it does not certainly doesn't hurt to give them a rinse and I will tell you it's interesting the stuff that I mean stuff comes out you look in that uh, I'll take the flashlight on my phone and look into that Studebaker and some of the particles and stuff that's floating around it, it's good though it means stuff's coming out but I mean even hairs and and I've had hairs and fuzzies end up coming out of the grooves when I'm playing vinyl if you're ever playing a record and all of a sudden the sound gets really weird and muffled and maybe you go look and you got something something came out of the groove and is stuck to your stylus but I've had yeah so I've even had big even after I've done cleanings I've had pieces of fuzz and hairs it's like it's amazing the stuff that actually gets into those grooves it's amazing how deep those grooves are on a thin little record so I mean definitely recommend 
that you do the cleaning again for sure if you're you're buying a lot of used vinyl um, and I th a thing I liked about the turkey clean is it really advertised that it even gets mold and, and cigarette smoke stuff out of those grooves um, so that's the one I chose I will say it's a concentrate and strangely enough when I was looking at my container of it before this podcast I noticed that the top actually I think the turkey clean ate the top off the container and it was there but it hadn't leaked all out but I think a lot of it unfortunately I lost a lot of it so I transferred it to another container so if you do buy the turkey clean I think you want to store it upright for some reason around where the cap is just dissolved and that's another thing they recommend you wear gloves so follow the, the directions I don't wear the gloves but I notice a little irritation on my hands so it is powerful stuff so it's it says use 11 to 20 drops per gallon that's not a lot but so don't but don't i wouldn't go more than that it is it's strong so i think what i'm going to do is i'm going to get a couple more gallons of distilled water and just make up the pre-made mix with the rest of that turkey clean because i put it in a i use the little cat i like the little ketchup bottles too that you can get from the dollar store or walmart for like a buck and i like to put cleaning solution in them or just just water because I like to when I'm doing if I want to do a wet vac with a vinyl vac I can squirt cleaner or water out of the ketchup bottle onto the record it works pretty nice and then I have a, a brush that's dedicated just to uh, for the wet that I use to kind of move the stuff around so if you're going to do a wet vac that's a good idea but yeah if you buy the turkey clean you may want to just make up your pre-made gallons and label them the stuff's toxic so if you have kids around and stuff be careful um but maybe if i buy it again what i might do is just buy the distilled water and just line them up and make a bunch of gallons of it and give some away and whatever because it has a two-year shelf life as well but i also like to spin clean cleaner and i have some of that so i think when the turkey clean's gone i may switch back to the the spin clean solution for a while but again it's something i researched a lot i thought about making homemade but a lot of them had alcohol and i read a lot of people not wanting to you to use alcohol so i just i just bought some stuff but again you'll find good reviews on stuff and and the reoccurring theme i keep bringing up it's like anything else in this game yeah you can you can spend six or seven bucks on a bottle of cleaner you can spend thirty forty dollars on some clean i mean it's all kinds of price ranges like i said the turkey clean was kind of expensive i'm usually more of a budget guy and it was like 30 bucks for the bottle but i i mean i do like it i think it's good stuff i mean i don't really have a way to compare it and say whether it cleans better than anything else i just go by the fact that like i said if if the Canadian Registry and the Library of Congress use it, there must be a good reason. So that is cleaning your records. Get your records nice and clean. Um, and you can really tell. Now, if you've got a bunch of little surface marks and scratches, this isn't going to do anything for those. This is for dirt and grime in the grooves, uh, thumb fingerprints thumbprints mark like marks like that on your vinyl this will take care of them but anything like a scratch of course 
there's nothing a cleaner is going to do for you. And if you have a bunch of light scratches, you, you, that could be a cause of some of your surface noise. But I can tell you for proven fact that cleaning your records can improve your sound quality greatly. Um, and again, it'll take care of your equipment. Your, your, your stylist slash needle will thank you. So, we've gotten through cleaning. We're at a nice, crisp 25 minutes. So I'm going to move on, and I'm going to talk about accessories, things I think you should have. I have some must-haves here that, in my opinion, you, you absolutely have to get. Um, and then some optional stuff, uh, stuff I alluded to probably in the first podcast. But I will say, must-haves. I've got two must-haves here, I think, if you're going to have your vinyl co collection. I've alluded to the one. I think you should have a surface brush. I have a little velvet brush. I take it out. It's got a little case. It was not expensive. I, I kind of go cheap on this stuff. But again, you can you spend a little money. You can get a pretty decent one. I think mine was $10, $11. It does the trick. It's like a velvet brush you grab by the handle and you just do a circular around your record and you can get a lot of the, you'll see a lot of surface stuff come off little dust particles i have i have a dog that sheds so unfortunately little dog hairs end up in the air and of course they end up over on the vinyl so a surface brush i i always when i put a record on i pull that brush out and i give it a, a little spin get some of the surface stuff off of there for you the second thing that you should have is something to clean your stylus they have a couple different new things out now i have just a good old-fashioned stylish brush stylus brush it's just a little tiny brush you basically pull from the back of your stylus forward towards yourself you don't go back and forth or you're going to ruin your needle it's strokes that you just pull towards yourself a few times and you can get stuff off your stylus and i've had some pretty pesky stuff where i've really had to work at it to get them off hairs and stuff like that um, i just don't know how you would do it if you don't have a stylus brush once you get a hunk of something on your needle so if you have those two things i think you can keep yourself keep your equipment going your sound quality is going to be better because your needle is going to be clean, your records are going to be clean, and you're not getting all that uh, interference from that stuff. Now, we talked in the first episode, I, I talked a lot about, you know, buying a turntable that uh, you can upgrade on, that you have some options. So uh, we're going to go over some of those now having a beer folks that's what I'll tell you um, a lot of record players come with little cheap thin pieces of felt that go between the platter and your record I would recommend one of the first things you would do is get rid of that piece of felt and buy yourself some sort of mat and again you can do a lot better than felt for pretty cheap if you don't want to 
want to go too big. Uh, I have a flu. I guess I'm just a fluance guy, and they don't pay me. Believe me, I I wish they did. I actually just bought some fluance AI40 speakers to upgrade over my edifiers, and I gotta say, uh, the edifier is a nice speaker, but these AI40s, I'm in love with them, and I, they're not even probably quite broken in yet. Um, and I almost got the AI60s, which. <laughs> would have really been massive honestly because they're almost twice as big as the AI 40s and I'm pretty so I'm pretty pleased with the decision I made anyway so I'm a fluence guy is my point I but I have the I bought the fluence RT 80 that came with the cheap piece of felt I purchased a fluence rubber mat it cost me twenty dollars I believe they're only ten bucks right now um, on the fluence site I like the rubber mat. Um, I have an acrylic. You can buy acrylic. It's a hard acrylic piece. Um, I have an acrylic as well. And I, every once in a while, I'll throw the acrylic on. But I prefer the rubber mat. But you can get the acrylic. You can get the rubber mat. You can get cork, which is kind of traditional. And they also have a combo cork and rubber. Um, and, and again, Go read online. People will tell you what they think is the best thing. There's even deer hide um, leather mats that are pretty expensive. But I would say just replace that felt with something. I mean, it doesn't have to be extravagant, but spend 10 bucks and get a rubber mat or whatever. But uh, that would be the first thing I would do. I, it's a little more barrier between the platter and record and I think it has some sound dampening qualities um, so that's I would do that I would recommend that you do that um, we talked about the options of your pre, your preamp a lot of the record players have your preamp built right into them but your record players also, most of them will have the option to bypass that internal preamp and use your own preamp. That would be the second thing I would recommend. I would recommend, and you don't, again, this is another situation where you don't, you don't have to spend a ton of money you can you can you can again you can rub my hands together guys I, I made a note and it's just not working um, you can spend as much as you want I have a DJ art DJ pre 2 it was just a highly rated and the quote-unquote budget territory it's like a $60 preamp um, it has some different knobs and adjustments on it so you can really um, which I like. It, it just allows you to dial things in a little bit. Um, I don't have a lot of recommendations on external preamps, so you'd have to do some research. But I just think if you get one, it's going to be probably better than the one that's just bare bones, the thing inside your uh, turntable. Um, I even was looking, if I had to, was going to do it again, I love mine, but there's some kind of cool tube preamps out there and I'm sure they're not for the prices I was looking at I'm sure they're not 100% driven by the tubes but I think the tubes kind of 
or a buffer for your sound and it just warms that sound up a little bit but again i would recommend you get an external preamp and again that's what's nice about it is it's something you can do down the road you have your internal preamp so you're well on your way you can play your music it's not a necessity but i will say i i did the external preamp and then after using it for a little while i switched back to the internal just to see if there was there really any difference and i just thought and maybe it was just a mental thing but i just didn't think the sound was as good with the internal preamp I could be totally wrong. Like maybe if you blindfolded me and did a, a test, I wouldn't be able to tell any difference. But I just thought it was better with my external preamp. So that's the way I keep rolling. Um, so another thing that I get that I'm big on. Um, actually, I have a great deal on eBay. They're rice paper um sleeves the inner sleeves for your records a lot of the records you get will just come with a paper sleeve and the deal i get on ebay is i get 50 rice paper sleeves and then 50 of the plastic outer for the outside of your jacket for 20 bucks it's a smoking deal i mean you can't beat it um and especially if you're buying a lot of um, used vinyl, you're going to have that old brown, cr real crumply, rigid, cracking piece of paper, brown that your that record's been sitting in for 40 years. Throw those out, even if you just buy new paper ones. But I think I don't know that you can beat that deal I have on eBay for the rice paper sleeves and the outers, but. One way or another, do some research and, and get yourself some inner sleeves. And I recommend the outer sleeves too because you're, you know, even just sitting there, your edges are going to get worn down. And if you bought a nice new vinyl, a $30, $40 vinyl or whatever, you don't want the edges getting all rubbed down and worn. You want to take care of your stuff. So this is all about taking care of your stuff, you know. you. You made the investment, you want to clean your records, you want to protect your records now. Uh, don't put it, you know, don't clean your records and then put them back into a, a brown, yellowy brown old piece of paper. Get something new. Again, research. People will, there's all kinds of different inner sleeves. I happen to like the rice paper ones and I happen to like the price that I get off of eBay. So that's a pretty good combo for me. But again, you can, there's a lot of different materials and, and that. Um, so again, even if you just bought paper, brand new paper ones, at least it's something new. But, um, and a lot of them are acid free um, now, so it's still an upgrade. One of the biggest upgrades you might be able to do on your player is, and we talked about it, depending on what, what, what player you purchased, if you have the ability to either remove the head shell or at least remove the cartridge, one of the biggest upgrades you can do is to upgrade the cartridge on your turntable. Uh, my turntable came with an Audio-Technica AT91E. It's not a bad little cartridge, but I did want to upgrade. Um, I wanted to upgrade to the Ortofon 
Red 2M. But as I researched the Fluance site, which is another reason I like Fluance, is I've I, pretty much any question I've had in regards to um, my my Fluance gear, I can find an I found answers on the website. It's very helpful. Um, so I researched whether I could install an Ortofon Red cartridge on my Fluance RT80. And the Fluence site had an article on it, and their opinion was that one, you needed a heavier counterweight in the back because the Fluence, the weight that comes with the RT80, didn't go up high enough to uh, get the gram force that you needed for the Ortofon Red. Not a problem. The Fluence site sells the heavier weight range. 10 bucks, no big deal. But they also talked about maybe the angling, the way the tone arm is on the RT80 might not quite be the exact suitable angle, tracking angle that you wanted for Ortofon Red. So at that point, I decided maybe not 100% match. I don't really want to buy a $100 cartridge that may not work really great because it may not be a perfect fit. So I did a little more research, and I ended up getting a Grado Black 2, um, made in USA. Uh, some people bitch about the Grados because they're unshielded and they talk about hum. I do not get any hum from mine, um, so that's just me. Some folks have encountered that. It's a $75 cartridge again. Uh, it's considered an entry-level cartridge, but it's, again, I can hear the difference. I like the sound of it and it's probably not even broken in yet because you need about 60 hours I think to get this broken in and I just don't get as much as I love this I never get as much listening in on the weekends as, as I want to um, but any any rate I can upgrade the cartridge and I can upgrade again if I want I hit the lottery that I don't play I, I can would probably upgrade my turntable, but if I wanted to, I could, any of the Grado Blacks I know fit, Audio-Technicas, I could get their cartridges. Um, just research, though, if you're going to upgrade your, your cartridge, just research it and make sure that it's a, it's a match for your player. Um, hopefully what would happen is your player's website would have a support, uh, like the Fluence does, where you can find that information out. Um, pretty easily but again you just research and make sure you can do it um i will say this i was sort of scared to death originally about upgrading my cartridge because uh, there's wires that you have to disconnect and and i'm like god what if i you know if i break a wire i mean you could buy a new head shell so i originally when i first looked into upgrading a cartridge i was looking at maybe buy because you can buy cartridges installed on the head shell already so all you have to do is plug and play now the problem is for example i believe the ortofon 2m red is a hundred dollar cartridge and i want to say mounted to the head shell it was ex it was quite a bit more i want to say it's at least like 150 bucks so uh don't be afraid don't be scared and just uh research that and 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 make it happen. Uh, so you can upgrade your cartridge. That's one of the biggest things you can do 
as far as I'm concerned, to upgrade is upgrade that cartridge and do some research and find a cartridge you want to get. Um, and I think you'll be pretty pleased with that. Um, and when you do that, um, you'll want to make sure when you change your cartridge that you get the alignment right. Well, again, Fluence, they're just hitting home runs for me. You could go on Amazon and spend $15 and buy a, a little alignment protractor that goes over your spindle. Or for free, you can go onto the Fluence site and you can print out an alignment tool. You print it out. It, it has a, a line that measures, I think, 10 centimeters. So you measure that with your ruler to make sure that it printed out to the right scale. Then basically you just cut a, put a little hole, I use a nail, put a little hole in your, your paper, cut it out, put it over the spindle, and then it tells you, it's, it lines it up for you, and you adjust your cartridge until it aligns up. And it's pretty nice. So those are the little things you have to do. Uh, you want your sound to be right, and all these little things count. Uh, something I bought that I... I have to admit, guys, I thought it would be a one-time use thing. I, I have thought about buying one from Amazon then returning it. I bought a gram force weight scale. So when I set up my cartridge, even though even though on the back of your turntable they've they have all the numbers there, so you can. So what when you set your gram force on your turntable, if you've never done it, and you do it without a gram force scale which mine was only like 12 bucks by the way it was worth every penny you basically align the cartridge so it's the the weight so the the tone arms floating almost um par you know parallel and the needle isn't touching the mat and that's basically zero so then when you're there, you know, you set your, your scale dial only to zero, and then you adjust the weight to whatever gram force you're supposed to, your cartridge manufacturer recommends, and that's how you weight out a turntable. Or you can spend 12 or $13 and buy a cheap gram force calculator scale from, from China. You get it from Amazon comes with a little five gram weight it calibrates your uh, scale to make sure it's reading you know it's you put that on if it says five you know you're in business otherwise you have to calibrate the thing I didn't have to and it's slick you just put it down it gives you the reading and you can just you adjust whichever way you want to go up or down until you get the gram force you want and I been playing around a little bit with gram force my recommended gram force is like 1.5 to 2 I've got it kind of in the middle there I just I kind of play with it a little bit it's kind of nice it was a cheap tool if you think god I'd only use that if I'm one time when I'm setting up my new cartridge or setting up my turntable because I think it's a little more accurate than trying to set to zero and in fact, I believe when I changed my, the first time I used it, I want to say my cartridge was at like 2.7, where I thought it was at 2. So clearly I hadn't quite set 0 properly. 
So the gram force scale, I think, is a really nice thing to have. Um, the other thing I have that I really like, and I just, I just got one. I got one when I had my Ion player, and I think it messed it up a little bit. And I've been skittish about it ever since. But uh, I did some research, and again, Fluence has an article about it. I got a weight, people call it a puck, and it goes over your spindle on your record, and it, it pushes your uh, record tight to the platter, which again is good for um, reducing vibration and noise, and if you're record has slightly warped it it'll help you there um and i just researched the fluence site can i use uh because i have a belt drive player and it, it just makes me you know made me a little worried is it going to be bad for the motor is it going to be bad for the belt and i researched it on fluence site they told me what range i could get that was uh compatible like weight because if you go on to amazon they have all kinds of different weights so I got one that was within that range, and I use it, and I, I like it. Um, again, maybe I can't tell the difference if I take it off or put it on, but I think all these little things add up uh, and to a great experience. And it's a, it's a fun part of the hobby, I think. So I use the, the uh, record weight, or puck, whatever you want to call it. Um, it's a, my whole setup is black. And then I've got this nice silvery chrome record puck that goes on top. That's kind of cool. Um, so all these things are just kind of things you can do. Um, speaking of the belt, um, the manufacturers sort of recommend that you change your belt every two years. I'm probably about due to, I'm going to probably change my belt sometime in the spring or summer. Again, a belt's about 10 bucks, so no big deal, and it's a pretty easy uh, operation to do. Um, but if you have a worn belt, you'll, it'll start to affect your um, rotation speed. So once your speed's off, your playback's going to be off. Whether it's highly noticeable or just maybe it, you don't notice it, until you change it and then you realize oh wow this really sounds a lot better now so those are just that's sort of a maintenance tip more than it might be a, um you know upgrade it's something you should do to take care of your player if you have a belt drive player and the last thing i've recently got for my speakers are, are um they're basically uh, isolation dampening risers they're just foam they're really heavy duty foam um and i because i was getting a little bit of hum even with the little rubber feet on the bottom of the speakers uh the little uh, cabinet that i have in my record playing room really takes the vibration and makes a hum when you get bassy so i got a pair of these little risers again 12 bucks on amazon and i haven't you can they're kind of neat because they have a lot of different configurations for the angle of the speakers so i have my speakers just tilted slightly up um like a five degree angle and so it's pretty cool uh, i like those as well if you're getting any kind of rumble 
off of uh, where your speakers are or you're getting some rumble and you don't know where it's from. It could be, even though your speakers probably have some little feet, you know, there's not much separation still from the bottom of the speaker and wherever it's sitting. So this little riser just uh, takes that vibration away and absorbs it. Uh, the only other thing I'm going to do, speaking of that, is I'm thinking about getting some similar kind of deal to put on my the feet of my turntable just to take away any extra little bit of vibration if the kids are in here running around or whatever um, so that'll just be another small upgrade but I'm I'm in a really happy place um, like Happy Gilmore with my setup right now I'm pretty thrilled with it um, I've done a, it's been a lot it's been a lot of tweaking um, you know, I started out with an ion turntable I mentioned earlier in this podcast I mentioned it on the first podcast with little Bose computer speakers and, and I worked my way up to the Fluence player with some Edifier speakers which are pretty nice speakers but they just the high end for me uh, very good speakers for acoustic music and clean guitar but anything and I like hard rock and metal so anything with some crunch just wasn't quite doing it for me so just recently upgraded to the Fluence speakers. I'm in love with them. Again, I don't even think they've broken in yet um, and couldn't be happier. So I guess the moral of the story is, especially depending on what sort of setup you bought, you can always keep tweaking and improving, especially if you're on a budget. Um, just keep saving up for that next piece, you know. Come up with a game plan, target what you want, and do your little upgrades and you can do all these little upgrades and at the end you're gonna have this system that you're like wow I'm really happy like I'm staring at my player right now and I'm just like this is it's all black like I said I like the way I've got it set up I love the way it sounds um, so I've got a nice little setup now I'm really pleased but again it took a lot of tweaking and working on it and research so if this podcast and the other two podcasts help a beginner out and help you make some choices I'm really happy to hear it check us out on Facebook check out the group Vinyl Connection um, share this podcast with your friends or people that might be thinking about getting into the game maybe this will help uh, help them on their way I don't know it's to me I did this as a podcast that said Boy, I wish I would have had this to listen to when I didn't have any gear yet, but was thinking about getting into it. Um, it's just, it's not that the information isn't out there or it's not easy to find, but it gets a little daunting uh, when you're first into it. And like I said, if you just go to, I always use Amazon, but I'm sorry, they've got pretty much everything. And God, you look up turntable, just look up turntable because you don't know what you're going to get. And it's mind-boggling. You don't know what to start. You don't know what features. You don't even probably know what features you are important. And I think that's the thing you have to narrow down. What features are important to you? What's your vision? What's your end game? Are you going to get an entry-level player with the thought, if I like it, I'll just buy something better. But if you're on a big budget, Maybe you want to think more about what what could I get that'll get me going that I can upgrade on, and that's what I did with the Fluence, and they have a 
larger line of players now than when I got into this. And not to be a pitch man for Fluence, but I've been thrilled with it. Their support's great. Their website's great. Um, you can do a lot worse, and I think they've got some pretty nice players and a nice price point. But there's a ton of players similar to in the similar price points with the similar features where you can upgrade your cart. Make sure you can. I really would say make sure you can upgrade your cartridge. Uh, that's probably one of the other than and speakers. You know. I mentioned that before. Maybe you get in the game with a spend. I recommend spend your money on the turntable and and add these pieces as you go, realizing that you're constantly going to work on your sound until you're like, you know what? For the space that I'm in, for the budget that I'm on, for the equipment I have, for the music I like, this is it. This is I'm thrilled with this. Now I'm pretty much down the line. I will get another player, and it'll probably be another Fluence, but. I don't feel any need to upgrade. It'll just be, maybe it'll just be that my player's time has come and I'm going to need a new one. But um, just to me, it's it's so much fun to do the vinyl. I, it's, hey, I love listening to music. There's a difference with it on vinyl. There's a collector's part of it when you get some of the really cool colored vinyl. There's something cool about going to a used shop and pulling something you really like. And hearing that analog sound, you know, it's analog recorded on tape. Um, you know, nowadays, a lot of, I know a lot of my newer records are just a digital file, but a lot of them are analog. And we've talked about that in the last episode. Uh, it's just a great sound you get. And it's such a tangible thing to hold that record in your hands and put it on and you're, you know, Nowadays, everything is so um, disposable or so um, almost like fast food. It's so um, impersonal in a way. The record, it's not. You're not just queuing up something on your iPod and hitting play or on your phone through, you know, through the speaker on your phone. Or you can, I mean, hey, these Fluent speakers have Bluetooth. The edifiers have Bluetooth. You can play whatever your music is through them. But if you're doing a record, you're, you're putting that record down, and like I said, you're taking your brush out, and you're giving it a clean. I mean, there's something organic about that. You pull that record out. You're, it's almost like a relationship with that record. You're taking some care with it. You're putting it on. You're cleaning it. Drop that needle down, and you hear that, that sound, that warm sound comes out, and uh, all the little details. Um, and again, maybe you're just listening closer because you because there is a care and there is this action that goes on where where you've you've got to do a little more right to get this thing going if you've got the record way you're putting your weight on there and you're cleaning off that stylus it's just a little more goes into it so um it's worth it um it's it's my passionate thing right now as far as a hobby and just the way I like to listen to music. So um, I guess if you listen to these, uh, you're probably in the same boat. I hope it was helpful. I thank anybody that listened for listening. Um, we'll we'll come back with some some different topics. I don't know how often they will be. If I get feedback and response, it'll probably be more often. If I feel like 
I'm the only one that listens to these because I listen back to see how they turned out, then who knows? It might only happen if I'm really bored and want to do another podcast. might get my buddies in from Metal for Dummies, Scott Stewart and Brian Stanko, my vinyl brothers in arms. Maybe we'll come up with some vinyl topics. I don't know, but I enjoy doing this. Hope you enjoy listening. Check us out. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. The Facebook group, Vinyl Connection, I'm going to look into a few other um, platforms for the pod, getting the podcast out there. But for right now, it's iTunes, it's Spotify. Hope you enjoyed it, and we'll be back at some point. Uh, keep spinning those records and enjoy it. Bye-bye.